Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 31st of December 2023. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me, my name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. It might be New Year's Eve, but today Paul looked at Christmas visits. The reading is Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 15, so we'll go and join Paul as he's introducing the service with some readings. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grassland of the deserts overflow, the hills are clothed with gladness, the meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with corn. They shout for joy and sing. Amen. Roy, you're going to lead us in some worship. Yeah, Paul called this a leftover Christmas, and this is a song that's been left over for about 10 years. 10 years. Um, so some of you might remember it. It's called, Oh, Come and Join the Dance. Call Let's Stand and Sing. Oh, come and join the dance that all began so long ago when Christ the Lord was born in Bethlehem. Magi? That's a strange word. Do you know, Magi is a male word. We use, therefore, think for three wise men. But in the original Greek, it's a word that's collective. So it could have been three wise women. Did you know that? <laughs> some, some, honestly, a theologian writing about the nativity said it had to be women. They didn't get lost. But that's, a, but that's another story. But that word magi is a collective word. It's about the wisdom of the whole. Interestingly enough, it made me ponder Lorraine. It made me think, okay, about getting prepared. You know, those magi weren't really sure what was happening. All they seemed to know was that they're likely to be going on a journey and that it felt like it would probably be a long journey. So it's going to be best to be prepared, don't you think? Like you. Like me, yeah. Sometimes. (laughs) Question is, though, what would you need to take? A good place to answer that question might be to ask ourselves. If we were going on a long journey, what sort of things would... We it's best take. To ask someone who could probably children know better. Children know better. Okay, children know better. Right. Okay. Okay. We're going to go with that theory. You need to come a bit closer to the mic, though, because otherwise these lovely folk might not hear you. What would you take on a journey? If you're going on a journey, what would you take? Food. Food. You can tell. You can tell. Absolutely good. Good start. Food. Anything else? What would you first have to have? What would you pack? Yeah. Would you just take blanket? No. So bag. Yay. Okay. So would you go over there for me, please? That's really cool. So we're going to start with a bag. Okay. We need a we need a bag of some sort, shape, or description. That's good news. Um, Okay. That's going to get really interesting in a moment, I think, but we shall wait and see. Okay, so backpack. Now, yeah, what sort of weather are we going to have? What about if you, if you were going on a journey from Minehead today? What sort of stuff would you have to take? Younger folk, what sort of things would you take today if you were going on a journey? Coat, okay. Okay. A coat, yeah, you'd need a coat. Yeah, yeah it's a Brighton Have Albion coat. We kind of need to advertise the fact. And put the backpack back on again, yeah. There's lots of room in that coat, let's be honest. 
Okay, so we've got a backpack and we've got a coat. Well, if it's cold, you might need a... I'll be in Scott. A hat, yeah, okay. There's sorry, a hat. Who'd have guessed? <laughs> and a hat and a scarf. <laughs> um, but but even but if it rains, we use something else here. If it rains, don't we? If it rains, what else do we use here? What might we have and hold? An umbrella. Thank you, Ted. Yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> Okay, the rain. That, well, there you go. It's good for collecting the rainwater. So there we go. One sort of umbrella. Oh, we've got an umbrella. Um, yeah, but what happens if it's a journey that takes a long time and it's quite hot? Well, you mean if it gets hot? Yeah. Well, we need other things, then, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we need a towel. Yeah, we need a towel. <laughs> Okay, and, and, and the rain, if it gets really hot, we're going to need something to protect our skin. Well, we've got a different hat. We've got a different hat, so that okay. That's the right hat, that's a safari hat. So <laughs> okay, that's a different sort of hat. <laughs> and, and, and what else? Oh, before we go any further, Rain, I know something else we would need. We would need enough clothes for the journey, but we don't know whether we'll be away a long time or a short time, so we don't know whether we're going to need a little or a lot. We can't do anything about that today. But those magi would have had to go prepared, wouldn't they? Because they might be away for a long, long time. Oh, sun cream! Where do you want it? Okay. Oh yeah, I forgot the sun cream. Sorry, Lorraine. But, we, so, but we, what happens if it's rocky road? Okay. If we get tired, we might need a chair. We might need a chair. Yeah. Hold on. There's your chair. Um, oh, I know what else we might take. Yeah, they're my prescription sunglasses. <laughs> they're really good for me when I read a book and, and it's hot. Just trust me. That's... Um, and, 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 and we don't know. Oh, I'll tell you what I might need. A good book. Have we got a good book there? Oh, I know a good book. Hold on. in to read okay do you, did you know in case just for, if you're if you're small just want to let you know this happened so long ago it was before they even had playstation Whoa. it was that long ago there was no such thing as a playstation one someone had a playstation sand okay so <laughs> anyway. oh and one more thing we're going to need money money we're going to give you, this, in, this is, so what's there, and you can, do you know what those are? Those are Indian rupees. And what, what she's actually holding 
there is a day's worth of wages for one of the lower castes in India. And in case you think there's a lot of money there, it's about £1.80. Anyway, the reality is they took lots of money, we think. Well, she said she needed food. <laughs> food it is, food it is. Now, now, let's be honest, if we talk to the, the adults here, some of us, if we're going on a journey, would also need to take things like medication, wouldn't we? <laughs> okay, everyone's nodding, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gab is gone. <laughs> just, just in case we had something that wasn't quite right. Yeah, off she goes. Where, where, you go, where are you going? You don't know. That's a good point. That is a very, very good point you just made. When the Magi set up, set off, they had no idea where they were going. None at all. All they knew was that they were following this star. They'd seen it rise in the east. They felt it was important. But they weren't 100% sure what it meant yet or indeed where they were going. But they were just like you. You were off. I admire you for just deciding to go. Because they knew one thing. They knew that whatever else was true, God was behind what was going on. And therefore, no matter what, they would follow God. He would lead them. What about you and I, whether we're young or we're old? Are we prepared to allow God, no matter what, to lead us? And for that matter, are we prepared to trust him about where we're going, even when we don't know where we'll end up ourselves? Well, that's for later on. But for now, you're going to journey back to where you were before. So you don't need any of that stuff, do you? Except you might need one thing. What's the one thing you've got, absolutely got now, that you might need to go back to your, to your, your chair, your, sorry, your chair, your seat with? Have you any idea? What's the one thing you might want to take back with you? I think you said it right at the beginning. Food. Okay, so that seems to me to be a fair exchange for coming up and helping us out. So we'll let you go back with a food for you. More chocolate in the house, guys. Sorry about that. All right, round of applause, everyone. And. And just to let you know, our young people will be staying in the service with us today. Later on, they're going to gather with Lorraine and do something. But we'll tell you more about that a bit later on. I hope that makes some sense. But while we clear up, we're going to ask Steve to come and introduce a carol for us. Oh, no, we're not. A bit later on. I do apologise. <laughs> is that right? Oh, no, it is right. I have got it right. Do you know what you're doing? No, I didn't know what I was doing. It's okay. right, Steve. Right. We're going to sing a carol. It's called The First Noel. Now, what does Noel mean? Born, yes. Noel, it no, means born. No, Steve, Steve. Uh, what? Noel means you've got a dodgy Scrabble set. Oh. 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 Dodgy Yeah, it's actually, well, it, it comes from, according to my notes, it comes from the French word for Christmas and the Latin word for birthday. Now, does that mean that the first Noel is a French carol? No. In fact, it's Cornish. There we go, Cornish. In fact, it's one of the oldest carols we ever sing because it was first published in about 1823 and they've got records. Actually, if you go to the Truro Record Office, 
There is an original version that actually still exists that's dated around 1817. It's quite old. But in actual fact, it's even older than that because the whole of this carol is of a type of sort of songwriting that was used in the 13th and 14th centuries in what were called then mystery plays or miracle plays. Now, back in those days, you weren't allowed to sing in church. And everything was in Latin, and normal people, average people, like you and I, never really heard about the Christmas story. So there was these group of actors that used to go around the country acting in the streets, the biblical stories, including the story of Christmas. And we reckon with the style of this song that this song was written for one of these mystery plays or miracle plays in the 13th or 14th century. So this is a really, 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 really old song we're going to sing. And best thing is, we think that the citizens of Cornwall would have been singing this song six, seven hundred years ago outside churches. Just think, telling the story of Jesus. And it is a great song because it expresses the excitement and wonder of, of Christmas. And, uh, and basically, it starts off talking about the shepherds, and then it, the last four or five verses, it talks about the wise men. But this is just the last verse which I want to bring to your attention. Then let us all with one accord sing praises to our heavenly Lord, who has made heaven and earth from nothing, or naught, that God made everything by his powerful word. Absolutely amazing. And more than that, he has sent Jesus. And with his blood, the blood of Jesus, mankind has bought or brought back to himself. He has paid the penalty of our sin. And these were the songs that were sung, evangelistic songs of the 13th and 14th century in Cornwall, on our streets all over the country. So when you sing this song, just think, we've been singing this for centuries, and it tells a gospel story about what Christmas is really about. Because Christmas is really about Easter, isn't it? It's how the story starts. God coming, becoming flesh, and being born a baby, and then dying for us to take away our sin. Noel, Noel. Steve, okay. thank you. I never knew it came from Cornwall. Yeah, it's Cornish. That's wonderful. Well, we're going to sing yeah, it. Yeah, not French. It's Cornish. We're going to sing it directly. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Indy, for joining with us and taking part and being prepared to let Lorraine dob your nose. I think it was your nose with suntan lotion. At least you won't get sunburnt today. Uh, There you've done that. And thank you to uh, everyone that reminded me just in between that time what a terrible joke I committed in church this morning. I do apologise to everyone. Do you know, the truth of the matter is that wise people sought Jesus in his day. And wise people still seek him today. We're going to do exactly that now. We're going to come before him in prayer. Thank the Lord for him. And give this world to him at the beginning of a new year. 
in our prayers of intercession. We're going to do that as a church family, young and old alike. Because whether we're this high or that high or anywhere in between, the Lord hears our prayers and answers. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the incarnation, the birth of your son. We thank you for all that it meant to us. Because without his coming, we would be lost and lonely indeed. But because he came and stood in the gap and declared the kingdom of God has come and lived a sin-free life in order that he may become sin for us on the cross. Because he endured the horrors of that, went through death itself and rose again, we have hope beyond our own self-centeredness. We have hope in Jesus Christ, the one who was born king of the Jews. We thank you, Lord. Noel, born is the king of Israel. We thank you with all of our hearts for the example of these magi that came and just worshipped, Lord. As we gather today, may our worship and our prayers of praise to you go beyond anything we could ever imagine. May they be a blessing to you in the very throne room itself. May they glorify you, honour you, worship and adore you. May you be both pleased and blessed, Lord, we pray. And Lord, as we come before you this morning, we also bring this world, world to you. A world of pain and suffering, loss, doubt, insecurity, worry. We pray for the world that you so loved, that you gave your son. And we acknowledge our part in turning this world from what it should be into what it actually is. As we come this morning, Lord, in penitence and repentance for all of the acts that we have done that are not of you, we pray that at the end of this year and the start of 2024, you would renew and refresh the peoples of the world that come in repentance to you. And that, Lord, this may be the year in 2024 when all war ceases when love abounds and conquers all. That this will be the year that the starving are fed, the thirsty given water. This will be the year, Lord, the greed is dealt with. This will be the year that you come again. And so we pray, Lord, for this broken world. We pray for Israel. And we pray, Lord, for your peace. Your peace that passes our understanding. Lord, you love the land. You love the people. We pray for both. And we pray for those in this town. For all of those that do not know your name. That in 2024, the walls of this church would come down. And all would know you. We pray not that our plans would succeed, but that your plans would be victorious. 
and we bring all of our prayers. And I invite you in this moment of quiet, friends, just before the Lord, in your heart, to name those you know who need our prayers. And as you do that, I bring before you and thank you, Lord, for Terry, for an operation that's been done successfully. And I pray he will be home soon. I believe he's coming home tomorrow. Lord, thank you for that reality. And I pray for Peter. That Lord, you would restore him, renew him, and he'd soon be home in his family. Before the Lord, I pray that you would name in your heart those that need your prayers. And so, Lord, I pray you would take all of our prayers and be glorified and honoured. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Roy, you, you and the group are going to sing a song to us. That We've got a video to go underneath that. Yeah. Um, but I think it talks about that journey that the wise men yeah. took. This is, you won't find this in any books. It was actually written by my ex-boss in social services, um, which I read. And I remembered it, so I, I dug it out. I thought we'd like, we'd just like to sing it to you as, as you watch this video. Follow the star to Bethlehem's manger. There lies a baby so gentle and small. Follow the star as wise men arrive there, offering gifts at the side of the stone. Gold for the king, frankincense for the godhead, Never the one who would suffer and die. These are the gifts that are brought to the Savior. Enter the stable and there see him lie. Fall on your knees, worship the child. Magi were visited, they visited, of course, Herod. That's the bit you saw. What's that got to do with following a star? This star had led them to Jerusalem. Surely, if a king is to be born, the king would be born, and Herod would know. Lest we forget, as Roy said, the story of the Magi is complicated, intricate, and important. And whether or not, and we know they never ended up in the same scene as the shepherds. Irrelevant to the story of why they came. 
Oh, Lorraine, how do we get there? Well, we, we prepared earlier. Indy very kindly got prepared for us earlier, didn't she? How do we get there? I wonder, boys and girls, what, when you're going on a journey, what sort of thing do your parents take or your parents use that will help them get to where you want to go? What sort of things? Yeah. A sat-nav. Yeah. A map. A sat-nav and a map. They're kind of the same thing, aren't they, really? But, but we've got some maps. And I wonder if, Lorraine, you could... Um, they're different sorts of maps, aren't they? We've got sort of big road maps and then, and then these sorts of maps when we go and exploring our, our local area. Whoops. And then, and then sort of walking maps... Walking maps there, and, and sort of street maps. Well, oh, and, and then these sorts of maps that you get if you go like to a visitor centre or something. I, I wondered if you went and distributed them to the boys and girls, if any of them could find out where Bethlehem is for us. Well, on these maps. Well, they might. On an Exmoor map. Well, you might. <laughs> anyone find Bethlehem for us? Can anyone find Bethlehem? How do you take a trip? Anyone want to try on a map? One of our maps? Please feel free. If you can find Bethlehem, wow, God does miracles. (laughs) By the by, I wonder, can you find where you're going on a map? How about where you're going when you don't know where you're going? How do you find that on a map? Hmm. Nowadays, we might use a phone or a GPS. Oh, I know what we need. What do we need? We need someone that's intelligent and good-looking. Okay. And has a phone this morning. Intelligent, good-looking, has a phone. Well, Mark's got a phone. One out of three ain't bad. So, <laughs> so hi, Mark. Mark, can you do me a favour? I'm going to do it on behalf of the whole church. What we'd like to know is this. Using your phone... Could you tell us how long it will take us to get from Minehead to Bethlehem? Now, we don't want to use a plane. Okay. We want to walk. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold on a minute. It's all right. It's all right. He's an Aston Villa fan, so he's used to wandering up and down the Premiership, so it's fine. (laughs) Okay. That joke I wasn't expecting. (laughs) But nonetheless, we, we, of course, we... I don't think, I mean, unless this church wants to tell me otherwise, we might need to use the the ferry to get across the English Channel. Unless the whole church is up for walking on water. Okay, we're going to use the ferry. Okay. How long will it take us to walk to Bethlehem from Minehead, I wonder? You could have a look that up for me, Mark. That would be amazing. Those Magi, if you went on a walk nowadays, after lunch today, if you guys go on a walk, you might use a map, but you might also use something else. What else might you use? A compass. Someone say compass? Oh, wait, I did mean a compass. I thought someone said... And nowadays, I was stunned. Did you know that you can get a compass on your phone? There's an app, a compass app. And just to prove it, if it opens properly, I'm going to show you what that Compass app is like. There are several different companies. Um, I, I'm just going to show you the one that I have if it opens. But of course, if it doesn't open, it's just about as useful as not having a Compass. But, but you get my drift. A Compass! Does anyone know what a Compass does? Yes, Timber. 
It shows you north, south and west. A bit like if you can see my, my one there, and if you turn it, okay, it's cool, isn't it? Well, maybe it's just me. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to tell you that. Let's just find out where north is. Well, I never knew before, but according to the compass, that's north. How about that then? Thank you, Roy. <laughs> In case you wonder what Roy said, he went, because that, that's because you're pointing towards North Hill. <laughs> okay, well done. Yeah. <laughs> yes, good point, Roy. <laughs> but that's north. That's crazy. And, but also excellent, isn't it? So we might have a compass nowadays. Maybe we've got one on our phone. Maybe we have a GPS. going to find out from Mark in a minute how long we're going to take. And how long will we take, Mark? Have we got it yet? Forty days and twenty-three hours to walk. How many days? Um, did you tell you how many miles a day that is. Two thousand eight hundred ninety miles is all we've got to walk. Now let's imagine we walked. Let's say we walked. How many miles a day should we give ourselves to walk? One. <laughs> Thank you for that, Lorraine. What about if we, if we said ten? Because we've got to work out each night how to stop and camp where we're going to sleep. And on our journey, there's probably not a hotel that will take us all. So the reality is that's true of the major, isn't it? They would walk, but they'd have to stop each night because there was nowhere else to be except the middle of the desert. If we did that ten days, ten miles a day, okay, that's 280 days. You can begin to see why it took the Magi such a long time. Now, they didn't come from mine head. Before I tell you something that's theologically incorrect, there is, there is no story that says, and the Magi, brackets, who came from mine head. But, but you get the point. A, a long journey, a long time. Consider this, though. Imagine taking that journey being guided by a star. Not by a compass, not by a map, but by a star. Has the night sky told you ever where you should go and how to get there? Never told me that. That sounds a little strange. But God had promised something. And these magi knew that this was something special from God. They knew, they'd worked out. This was a sign that the Messiah was going to be born, a king. And so they knew this was important. And they believed that God had sent the star, so they followed the star. They travelled a long way and they found him. And when they got to Jerusalem, they found the king, Herod. But there again, that's another story for another time. We may not have a bright shining star to show us where to go on our journey, but friends, we have something better. It's just we don't recognise it. Do you remember the book that Indy had earlier on? that I gave her for the journey? The Bible. Whether we're young or old, we have a Bible. It's an instruction book from God. It's our compass. It's our recipe for life. It's, in essence, our food. We need the Bible to seek and understand what it says, and we can journey on. Thank you for doing that, Mark. If I suspect it will take us a long time to walk from Minehead to 
it'd be interesting to see which route you go. There's only one. I only gave you one. <laughs> but we might need a camel. That might be true too. Bethlehem, oh, just to let you know, we've just discovered from a amazing young people that Bethlehem is not on Exmoor. Do you come from Exmoor? That's the news of the morning for you. But of course, those amazing magi would have come riding out across the desert, I guess, right? And, and this song, I'm going to ask you, because it's intrigued me since you chose this song, right? This song, it's, on Roy's notes, it's entitled this. It says, Riding Out Across the Desert, a.k.a. The Camel Shuffle. I'm going to ask, what, what's a camel shuffle, Roy? Well, it's, it's like this song, really. <laughs> it has a, it's the rhythm. And it, for anybody who's old as I am, and will remember this song, we haven't done this for, how long, Margaret? 20 years? Possibly. Possibly 20 years. So um, it might be new to you, but it's very easy to pick up. And it's just, it's not, it's just a nice song all about camels. Riding out across the desert Travelling over sandy plains Comes a company of wise men Moving steadily along their way Leaving all their friends behind them Guided by the stars so bright Wow, thank you, Roy. That's a shuffle. That was a blessing. Yeah, I can, I can hear the shuffle. If you are younger and you'd like to do something with Lorraine now that's craft-orientated, that's kind of fun, a fun activity, Lorraine's going to be down there. You'd be really welcome to come and join her. You don't have to. It's not, you know, it's not a, um, a kind of you-have-to-do thing. It's just a fun thing to do while we read some scripture for a few minutes. It won't take you very long at all, um, as I understand it. And it is with Lorraine. So to be honest, it's much, much going to be much better her explaining it than, than me. But come and have a, have a seat with Lorraine. We're going to read the story of the Magi, story of the wise men, as found in Matthew's Gospel. This is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 15. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they'd seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. 
Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of frankincense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they'd gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. Where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Praise be to God for the reading from his word. And the very first wise man that evening, a seven-year-old, was really chuffed to be wearing a crown on stage. Everybody was looking at him. He said his line perfectly. And just like you say, Roy, although he wasn't supposed to do that theologically, he knelt down. And at the child, he gave his gift. Then there was a pause. He looked at the gift, the box in his hands, shiny gold paper, and on his knees he gently began to shuffle away from the manger. A hiss from the organiser at the side of the stage came audibly, give the baby Jesus your present. Now the organiser had his hands full anyway because he was trying to convince one of the angels not to pull the wings off her costume. Give the gift to the baby. The wise man shook his head. Give Jesus your gift, said the organiser, striding out onto the stage this time and attempting to prize the gold box out of the boy's fingers. No, shouted the wise man, ran off, screaming, it's my gold box and I'm going to keep it. The question this morning is this. Have we come to worship the Lord or not? Have we come to worship him like someone kneeling at the manger in a nativity play? Not worried about the child at all, but rather about the lines we have to learn. Have we come this morning to worship the Lord, but come prepared not to give him the very best we have? It's ours to keep. Have we come to worship him this morning with all of our hearts and all of our minds and all of our lives and all that we have? Or are we like that small boy? And no matter what, we will determine to keep what we have for us. And our worship, therefore, goes no deeper and and sacrificial than just the mere surface offering. It was my amazing privilege and pleasure over the years to be involved with some awesome people in church. But one of them I remember the most was the man that came and said, I give everything to Jesus. I want to give everything to him. And the following week he came in and said, I want to take it back. And when I asked why, he said, because Jesus asked too much. And in the week, he had read scripture, not this scripture, but scripture. And the scripture had said, you need to give him all. And he said, I can't do that. I cannot give him my all. Why not? I earn too much. And we go, that story, surely that's ridiculous. But for him, it was very real. Are we prepared, just as the Magi were, to give Jesus our all? It's a real question. It's a real challenge that they bring, isn't it?
Do you know who visited you on the day you were born? I wonder, is that true? Anyone here know who visited them on the day they were born? I I do. Now, just to let you know, and it is a true story, I was small when I was born. I was underweight. So my grandmother decided that the thing to do would be not to put me in the cot, but to take a drawer out of the sideboard and put me in a drawer. That is absolutely true. I'm just grateful they didn't shut the drawer. But because of that, I, my mum told me that not only did my sister come and my relatives come because this small baby, who knows what's going to happen to him, but more importantly, the midwife came. I was born at home. And, they, you know, these were the days, 1964, it was really cool, the midwife stuff, where actually my mum wanted the child at home and they honoured that and didn't want to go into hospital and they honoured that too, not even with this small child. So I know that for the first few days of my life, the midwife came every day to see how I was. Now, therefore, I know who came and visited me. How about that then? But I also know something else. All of us were visited by someone when we were born, whether it's relatives or parents or whatever it is. In one sense, all of us can say that our birth mattered. It was significant. But our parents and others visited But as far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong, in 1964, and yes, that does mean I'm 60 next year, in 1964, Queen Elizabeth wasn't informed that I'd been born. I don't think there was a royal decree. I mean, I might be wrong. And I know for sure that the professors of Cambridge, Oxford and Harvard didn't pack their bags and come and find me, journey all the way to Hastings to see a newborn baby, walk those 2,900 miles or so. I know that to be true. And for that matter, I know there was never a knock on the door where the Prime Minister of the time, who was just to let you know, Sir Alex Douglas Hume, or the US President of the time, which was uh, Lyndon Johnson, I know, I'm fairly sure none of, them, none of them asked the door, not the door, asking my mum if they could give me some presents. Of course they didn't. It's ridiculous, isn't it? That would be a stupid thing to say. How foolish... To think that the powerful and the intelligent people of 1964 AD would have been crazy enough to have dropped everything, cleared their diaries, and come to see this newborn child and worship him. That's a ridiculous statement to make. But that's exactly what the Magi did. In 6 BC, or there or thereabouts, we don't know much about them. We don't know where they came. We don't even know if they're all men. Honestly, that word Magi is just a collective noun. It's male, that is true. And we don't know what they're called, despite the second century tradition saying we do. We don't actually know how many there were. But surely we go three, because they bought three gifts. That's just our Englishness. That says if you go to see a baby, you must take a gift. But scripture doesn't say that. It says this group of magi bought three gifts. More particularly, they didn't bring gifts, they bought prophecy. And actually, therefore, there could have been hundreds of them. But you get my drift. There probably weren't. But you get the drift. Moreover, they came and saw a toddler. Can you imagine playing with and speaking to Jesus? Roy's right. It doesn't fit around the nativity scene. But the truth of the matter is the story is not about that. Because what is the story about? The story is about the fact they came to worship. Do you know the truth is, coming to worship a child, these powerful, 
intelligent men. That's ridiculous. Getting down on your knees and worshipping a baby born of poor parents, that's ridiculous. But that's exactly what they did. And in fact, if you want to know how I know that, in that scripture we read, it says they told King Herod, we've come to worship him. That's their point, their purpose. The child's different. If Jesus isn't Christ, then we should not worship him. But if Jesus is, then our response should be the same as the Magi, and we should worship. What does worship mean? I wonder what it means for you. For me, it was really simple. I really thought when I became a Christian at the age of 16 that worship meant, apologies for saying this, that you had to wear strange clothes and sandals. Because that's what I thought every Christian did. (laughs) It's nonsense, isn't it? I mean, you don't, well, I was going to say you don't look strange, but no, I couldn't say that, could I? But the reality is, of course you don't. You look normal. Guess what? You look normal. Guess what? I look normal too. (laughs) The truth is, because that's not what worship's about. So what is it about? But in truth, I discovered that it means that we have to let the example of the Magi guide our worship. It means following their example. Do you know one of the things they did was they sacrificed their time for Jesus? We need to do the same too. It means putting ourselves out for Jesus, asking for more knowledge about him, giving Jesus the best we have to offer, just as they did. It means letting Jesus shape our lives, our days, our minds and our wallets. It means letting Jesus be the centre of the life, and it crucially means accepting that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our ruler, just as they did. 2024, want the walls of this church to come down, let's worship like the Magi worship. Finding him is important. But the wise men teach us that instant worship isn't really satisfying. It's too easy for us to go through the routines of church and worship. Too easy to sing along with the songs, specifically those we know. Too easy, isn't it, to actually sing without understanding the words. Thank you, Steve, for telling us that song was Cornish. Local. Too easy sometimes just to go through the routine. Too easy to go through Christmas to sing the old carols, the familiar carols, and just to kind of let them gently guide us like old friends. They're not going to challenge us or worry us or upset us. Incidentally, online, if you do see people wandering around with crowns, you've got it. Too easy. What about this morning? Finding him doesn't necessarily mean we'll have a certain feeling or experience, but that we'll have determination and a heart set on looking for God, looking for Jesus. Why? Because at the very heart of worship is sacrifice. Perhaps the wise thing to do this morning is to leave you by saying, let's seek Jesus together. Let's seek him, just as the wise men did. Look at the evidence, think things through. Dismiss anything to do that's not with God, that's not of God. If Jesus is the Christ, then we've come to worship. 
It's what wise rulers have been doing down throughout the centuries. I never knew this about Queen Victoria, but just to say this. In the 19th century, when she was ruling over a third of the world, she was asked if there was anything that she now looked forward to doing. This is the woman in charge of the pink bit of the map, if you've got a Victoria map. And this is what she said. These are her words. I can't wait to meet Jesus. When she was asked why, this is what she said. It is true that I rule over a third of the world, and yet I cannot wait to cast my crown before him. What amazing words. Wise rulers still acknowledge Jesus Christ. This woman ruled over a third of the world, and yet she acknowledged the kingship of Christ. She recognized that even as the most, one of the most powerful people there lived at the time, this Jesus deserved everything, even her crown, even your crown in worship this morning, whatever that may be. Amen. Now, our young people, all the while we've been doing that, have been doing these awesome crowns. They are, they're, they're called nativity crowns, I think. Is that right, Lorraine? So if you want to stand up for me, if you've made a crown, you can put it on your head and stand up. That would be brilliant so that everyone around you can see what you've been up to. I think I've got it right in calling them nativity crowns, Lorraine. Oh, they're very wise people. You can have a closer look later on. We're going to have a coffee, but we're going to end our service before we do that. Thank you guys for showing us. We're going to end our service with, I'm going to say another uh, uh, one final Wise men focus thing, Roy. Yeah, sort of. Well, sort of. Sort of, because I've lost my list. Nativity. What's a nativity? Mary's boy child. Let's stand and Oh, could we, we'll release Arena Boney M then, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Long time ago in Bethlehem, so the Holy Bible says. Trumpets sound and angels sing, listen to what they say. And man, humanity may live forevermore because of Christmas Day. The shepherds came and on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. My prayer for you, friends, this new year is that today and for the coming year, you may worship the Lord Jesus Christ like you've never worshipped before. You may open the treasures of your heart to him and he would open the treasures of his life to you and you would be truly blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to mindhead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.